The story of Joseph can be found starting in Genesis uh, chapter 37. And then it takes a, a break there in chapter, chapter 38 to talk about an interesting story with Joseph's brother Judah and has some history uh, of Jesus' um, family there. And let me encourage you this, re- this week to take the time to read the story of Joseph, um, to be encouraged by his story of faith. And I know just um, many of you are very familiar with this story of Joseph, and I just quickly want to look at just a few parts of Joseph's life and then make three observations that I had about his messy story of faith and see how um, that can apply to us today. I know the, the first observation that I made from Joseph, uh, Joseph's story is that Joseph's life was filled with ups and downs. And it was filled with highs and it was filled with lows all the time. And he had some great things that happened to him and he had some horrible things that happened to him. And, you know, I just quickly looking through, I know Joseph was his dad's favorite son. He had, uh, dad had given him that richly ornamented robe to wear and he was loved and trusted by his father. And, you know, that must have been a high point in his life uh, where everything seemed to be going great. And then you read, but Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, and they hated him. It says in verse 4, chapter 37, that his brothers, his brothers hated him and could not even speak a kind word to him. They plotted to kill him, but ended up selling him to a group of Midianite merchants that were passing by. The brothers took his robe, dipped it in goat's blood, told their father that a ferocious animal must have devoured Joseph. And Joseph is taken out of his homeland, sold, sold uh, to one of Pharaoh's officials named Potiphar in Egypt. And you can only imagine how low point this must have been in Joseph's life. You go from high to low. But very quickly, you see in chapter 39, verse 2, it tells us that the Lord was with Joseph. And he prospered in Potiphar's house. He finds favor with Potiphar. And he is put in charge of his entire house and Potiphar's house is blessed because of Joseph. You know, we're even told that, that um, in that passage in there that Joseph is well-built and handsome. It, it seems like everything is going in his direction again. But Potiphar's wife takes notice of Joseph, tries to seduce him. And even though he does the right thing, he's accused of a crime that he didn't commit. And his world is turned upside down once again. He loses the trust of his master and he is thrown into prison. But once again, chapter 39, verse 21 says this, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And Joseph was put in charge of all the prisoners. uh, And the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Um, In a strange way, he was even able to help with Pharaoh's birthday party. A little bit of Bible trivia there. I know this is one of the first Bible... Uh, first birthday parties ever mentioned was Pharaoh's birthday party that they were they were planning, and he was able to help those two fellow prisoners, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker, interpret their dreams. He gave good news to the cupbearer and bad news to the baker. He asked the cupbearer, "Please to remember him and to mention him to Pharaoh, and help him get out of prison." He said, "You know, I've done nothing to be here. I've been carried out of my forced out of my homeland." 
But that cupbearer forgot about Joseph. Forgot about him for over two years. He stayed in prison again. And, but after those two years, the cupbearer did remember Joseph. And he tells Pharaoh that there's someone in prison that might be able to help him. And God, God helps Joseph interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And Pharaoh is pleased and places Joseph second in command all of, over all of Egypt and lets Joseph carry out God's plan to save lives. You know, Joseph's life was a roller coaster filled with ups and downs. You know, and, and just like Joseph's life, our lives are filled with good and bad. They're filled with unexpected turns all along the way. And I know many of you have experienced those um, ups and downs in your life and seen those in, in people around you. Um, I spent the last 23 years or so working with teenagers and their families. And first of all, as a youth and family minister and then as a, as a coach and a teacher and a coach. And I've seen a lot of young people go through very tough times in their life. And I've also seen them go through some very happy and rewarding times in their life. And, you know, I, I think back and I've seen teens make bad choices that affect the rest of their life on those choices they've made. You know, I've seen kids uh, suffer through losing their parents in a tragic accident. You know, I've seen parents and families suffer through losing their child. And I've seen teens lose their battle with drugs and alcohol. And I've seen young kids in a courtroom sitting there while their parents were dealing with a divorce. And I've seen kids that have gone and completely walked away from God and left their faith. You know, but in all those situations, I've seen some of those same young people make some great choices to help others, to be kind. I've seen some of the kids that have gone through and be adopted by some families that love them. I've seen some young people receive scholarships and go on to become doctors and teachers, and they're able to, to change the lives of people around them and enrich those lives. And I've seen kids that have gone on to become missionaries and preachers and spread God's word all across the world. And I've seen... I've seen many kids in a youth group grow up, get married, and start a family and serve God faithfully in the church. And, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in life. One of the happiest and the scariest times I know when I was in youth ministry for me was, was graduation time. There were some parents that were excited to get their kids out the door and growing up. But then there were some, I could just mention the word graduation and moms would start to cry. And, you know, the, the, that time was, was kind of nerve-wracking sometimes because I've seen young people that, I've, that have grown up that I've taught for five or six years that they're about to go out on their own and about to make those decisions and live those lives on their own and, and heading out into this world. And I know we would have a final devotional um, usually uh, about the time they were going to graduate. And I always had my three or four bits of wisdom from God's word that I would try to send them out the door with and, and just hoping and praying that, that something that they uh, learned along the way was going to be uh, prepare them for life or what was about to be thrown at them as soon as they got out. 
And, you know, I, I wish sometimes that we could just tell our kids that, hey, if you just do what's right, if you just follow God, life's going to be easy. Life's going to be simple. It ought to be a piece of cake just to go through life. And, you know, but I know every one of us know that life is not always easy. It's, it, it's not always uh, simple to go through. And we will have to go through many of those ups and downs and unexpected turns all along the way like Joseph. Leads me to my second observation from Joseph's story of faith. Uh, Joseph kept trusting God in the good times and in the bad times. And all those times where things were good and all the times when things were bad, he kept trusting God no matter what. And God was always with him. You know, Joseph, he was hated by his family. They plotted to kill him. They sold him to be a servant. He was carried away from his country, but he kept trusting God. Chapter 39, verse 9, Joseph tells Potiphar's wife, he goes, you are my master's wife. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Being so far from home, being going through all the things he had gone through, he still kept trying to do what was right. You know, Joseph knew that his ability to interpret dreams came from God. He gave God all the credit for all the things that, um, that happened to him throughout his life. And it says that Potiphar, the prison warden, and Pharaoh all saw somewhere in Joseph's life that the Lord was with him. So they saw something about him and his life and making the choices and that God was with him. It even says, chapter 41, verses 51 and 52, uh, when Joseph had his two sons, it says this. It says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all the trouble in all my father's household. And the second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering." No matter what ups and downs Joseph was going to, he kept trusting God. He kept trusting God when the times were good and when the times were bad. And, you know, it got me thinking, do we trust God when the times and the highs and the lows in our life? Do we trust him and do we keep doing what's right no matter what situation in life we're in? No matter how difficult life gets for us, do we keep trusting God and doing uh, what is right. You know, some of you probably heard, I uh, remember hearing the story about the tightrope walker that gathered a crowd at the top of a high waterfall and he walked across this tightrope and the crowd began to cheer because cheer, they saw him going across and, you know, he, he decided to go across blindfolded and went across blindfolded and, and the crowd was just going crazy at this time watching him go across. And next time he comes across, he pulls out a wheelbarrow. And he puts bricks in this wheelbarrow and, and walks out across the wire, across the, the high waterfall. And, you know, this time the crowd was just going crazy, just chanting his name. And he comes back and he, he asks the crowd, he goes, do you think I can walk across here and carry a person? And everybody was cheering. They knew he could do it. And then he asked for a volunteer. <laughs> the crowd went silent. Nobody, nobody, nobody was cheering after that. You know, I think sometimes we trust God when everything's easy. 
Um, when life is easy and everything's going our way, but when it takes a turn and starts to go bad, we go silent. And we refuse to get in the wheelbarrow and let God be the one that's in control. You know, Joseph knew to trust God. You know, who do you trust? Who do you trust when life gets tough? I know when I kept reading this, my mind kept going uh, to Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Then my third observation from Joseph's life is that Joseph saw the big picture and knew that God was in control. He knew that God was in control. One of my favorite parts in uh, reading the story of Joseph is when he makes himself known to his brothers and reassures them that God had a bigger plan than what was going on. The first time in chapter 45, chapter 45, verses 5 through 8, it says this. It says, and now... I'll start in verse 4. It says, When Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And then again, uh, and then again, you know, Joseph sees the big picture. He knows the bigger plan. And he reassures his brother again after his father's death. And his brothers are nervous that he's going to take revenge on them. Uh, chapter 50, verses 19 through 21, he says this again. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. You know, Joseph figured out somewhere in his messy story, he figured out the big picture. And he figured out that God was the one that was in charge and God had a bigger plan in his life. Um, You know, even in Hebrews 11, Uh, In the great stories, great heroes of the faith, in verse 22, where it talks about Joseph, I find it interesting that it says, By faith, Joseph, when the end was near, spoke about about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. Joseph knew that there was something bigger, that there was a plan, and that God was the one in control of that plan. And, you know... I started thinking, you know, do we see the big picture? Do we see God's picture in our lives? Or do we let the world distract us and take our eyes off of where they should be? You know, um, I currently uh, teach math and coach football uh, up the street at, at Frisco Independence High School. And, you know, I know as a teacher, as a coach, I'm constantly wanting the kids that I work with to be great at whatever they do in life. And, you know, our motto with our coaching staff is faith, family, football. And, you know, we have an acrostic on the wall right as I come out of the coach's office that spells family right down the wall. And it says faith, attitude, mental toughness, integrity, and love begins with you. 
And, you know, when we finish every practice, we have a player that leads a prayer. We have coaches' Bible study during the week, and the coaches, we get an opportunity to lead pregame talks and, and talk to the kids and share our faith and share with them what is important to us. You know, I know as a coaching staff, we are trying to keep ourselves and our players focused on what is important. You have those mottos, you have things all around, uh, trying, to, trying to keep everyone focused on a bigger picture. And I know that, uh, you know, I want my players and I want my students to know what is important to me. And I want them to be successful in whatever they do. I want them not only to be great on the field, but I want them to be great in the classroom. I want them to be great, um, great. I want my players to be great sons. One day I want them to be great husbands and great fathers. And, you know, I want them to be better at whatever they do in life and how they treat each other. And, you know, I want them to see that there's a bigger picture out there. And, you know, after working with the kids at school, you know, I start thinking about my own family and my priorities. And, and I think about what am I teaching my kids at home? What, with my words, with my actions, do they see, do they know what uh, the most important thing in life should be? Do they see those actions in, um, in my life and, and do they know what's most important? And how about our all of our families? Do we see God's big picture in our family's lives? Do we teach them what's important? Is Jesus our priority or are we letting the world around us decide what our priorities are? You know, I remember, I remember growing up um, learning a song. I don't know if my mom taught it to me. I don't know. Uh, my mom and dad are here. I, they, I told them I was getting a chance to speak tonight and they asked if they could come and I never thought about uh, all the years I did youth ministry, I always talked to teenagers and never really got a chance, not a lot of chances to speak in, in audiences, so I got my parents here tonight, but um, I remember I learned a song, and I was not sure where I learned the song, uh, mom may have taught it to me, um, I don't even remember how the song goes, but the whole point of the song was when I grow up, and I knew when I grow up, grew up, I wanted, at that time, I wanted to be a football player, and it was... The whole point of the song was, when I grow up, I want to be a Christian football player. Or if I wanted to be a doctor, when I grow up, I want to be a Christian doctor. And the whole point of that song was putting your priorities, being a Christian first in whatever we do. That there's a bigger picture um, and keeping focused on that bigger picture with whatever we do. Now let me, let me encourage you again, to read through Joseph's story, um, his messy story of faith this week. Look again and see how God worked in his life and be reminded how God is working in all of our lives. And, you know, as I, as I kept going through this, I had a couple of verses that just kept coming through my head as I went through Joseph. And first one was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then Romans 8, 28, we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know, 
Our messy story of faith, like Joseph's, is filled with ups and downs. It's a roller coaster ride. And do we, like Joseph, keep trusting God in the good times and in the bad times and keep trying to do the right things? And like Joseph, do we see God's big picture in our lives and that no matter how messy our story gets, that we know that God is the one that's in control? Let's pray. God, our Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us. We thank you for uh, this time that we could pause in the middle of the week, that we could come and, and fellowship with each other and encourage each other. And, dear Lord, help us to, um, as we look at um, Joseph's story, uh, help us to be reminded that uh, you are the one that's in control. And, dear Lord, um, when things, things get tough, when things get... Um, when they get hard in life, dear Lord, help us to always keep trusting you and to know that there's a bigger picture, that uh, one day, dear Lord, that we can live with you forever. And we are so thankful for that. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you give to us. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.